Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... You know when you tell an anecdote about something that was horrible and you're like, that person's in the room. Do you think I would know the answer to that? (laughs) You knew the exact year? Because you said it. Oh. (laughs) Do you think anyone in the country chat is called Chad? (laughs) Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Hi, and welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. We're back for another exciting detective-themed adventure, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the fantastic producer and co-founder of the Brown Girls Do It Too podcast. It's Rubina Pabani. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to get drunk and solve crime. You've come to the right place. What have you got there? You've got something in your glass, I see. What are you drinking? I've gone for red wine because it's like blood and that felt right. (laughs) (laughs) Very very mood enhancing. It just felt right. We're obviously going to let you plug anything you want to at the end, but I'm breaking protocol because I was listening to your podcast today and I just wanted to say that I really, really enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to listening to more of it. It's funny when you listen to, well, for me, like 
Anytime I listen to something that has to do with sex, I go through the list and I'm like, which topic? And I think it says everything about me that I went for the one called farting after sex. <laughs> like, this is where I want to start. And it was great. <sighs> How are we all doing? Are we good? I'm all right. I'm just thinking about all the times I fight during sex. Like that's <laughs> afterwards. That's ooh, very large. <laughs> This is the thing. It was just like so, it was just so open and comfortable. And they, yeah, they get into that too, Hannah. There's something for everyone. So um, I, I'm sorry, I'm flustered because a lightning bolt apparently hit my <laughs> laptop and shut everything down. So this is my second attempt at this. So I'm a little bit rattled. We always ask a question at the top of the podcast, Rubina. And that question is Have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have. Does anyone come on and say, no, I haven't actually. Never happened to me. Probably. I've had that. I think like one once, time. And then they recounted something that was a crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, like, no, 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 I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I have. It was, um, okay. it was probably when I was about 23, I'd say. And it was in the Wood Green Nando's in North London. I was having a, a family meal. Hot crime spot, I'm sure. And um, <laughs> a gentleman came in and I was with my family on a table including uncle, cousins, I'm Asian, everyone comes to Nando's. <laughs> and uh, this guy came in and, and like grabbed this handbag from under our table that was my mum's handbag Ooh. and grabbed it and just ran out the door. <gasps> and I was like, I couldn't believe what had happened, but instinctually Bold. I got up and started yes. running after him. <gasps> no way. And so I'm halfway nice. down the street running and I can see him. He's in my vision. I've really caught up with him. I was, you know, I was really wow. quite fit back then. I was, you know, really doing. <laughs> but I also noticed that I, I hadn't let go of my fork. So I'm running down the street <laughs> with my fork. I'm like really getting him. And then suddenly he stops and turns around. And now he's only like a meter away from me. And his hand's empty. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, no. Who am I chasing? What's happened? Oh. Have I been deluded? What's gone on? And He's he passed it to someone. He else. was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never like to take it. I don't know. What, I don't know. I have nothing, <gasps> nothing to do with it. Not got your mum's handbag. And then my uncle at the time was about 50, 53, let's say. Yeah. A bit of a slower runner, a couple of meters behind. He said Shut that he up. saw the guy stuff it under a car. Oh, nice. And so we turned around, got the handbag, <gasps> took it back into Nando's, standing yes. at open. No! Oh my God, I no. love it. Okay, this story has everything. Oh. It starts with food, which is just, I'm, I was hooked, right? I was right in there. And a family, I love, I love, like, did you even know that your uncle was running behind no, you? No, no. This now, is amazing. And now in our family, we're awesome. known as the Batman and Robin. Like, everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is so, this makes me so happy. Yeah, it's the best visual. And my God, because there's that moment of, you're like, oh. I, I was so close. I even had a fork. Like you were yeah, ready to use the fork. There's I a twist. It. It's fine. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I'm wondering, well, it's funny what you do when you're in a state of panic, which you obviously all are in this situation, but just to shove it under a car. Like he really thought that you just would be like, I don't know. He didn't know about the uncle. <laughs> he didn't know what? there was, a, there was backup it. had arrived. Yeah. You had <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He didn't have eyes on the uncle. I, I mean, it makes me think that this guy has like done it before because I wouldn't know to put something under a car or to sort of like... This is what I mean. I remember being... Um, I went, Actually, it was a school reunion I went to and we went to a club afterwards. A friend of mine from school who's really... He's, he's a bit, bit of a bruiser. 
He spilt someone's pint and then it obviously looked like it was going to turn into a fight. And he turned around to me, took his watch off and said, hold me watch. <laughs> and he knew to take his watch off to fight. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is somebody that has done this before. And I think <laughs> your guy, I think... And maybe he's been caught. Maybe he has asthma or something. Like he's obviously been caught before. What he's got? He's got a system. This is like a classic heist. You, you, you like you run after this guy. They turn around. It was somebody else in a wig. Like it's got all that going for it. He knew to either like I suspected a second man, but yeah. um, but no, he was just doing the old putting it under the car. <laughs> to come back you're later. right. Because the yeah. system is way too bold. It's like. Stealing in plain sight, he wants to be chased because I was like, Did he think he wouldn't see? And I'm like, Oh, you didn't see. Like, I forgot. I forgot. Even though the story was only 10 seconds long, that's how bad my memory is. (laughs) Oh, that's so amazing. You guys must surely, like, you dine out on this story. Oh, yeah. It's a a family (laughs) thing. Also, it's made me and my uncle like really tight because we just think we could probably (laughs) fight crime together. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, please. Yes, please. Awesome. Also, I love the fact that you have that confirmation that you're a fucking hero in the way that I know that if if, if this was a sitcom of my life and that happened, it would be me like, Looking at the man, looking at my chicken, looking at the man, <laughs> looking at the chicken, thinking, do I go? Because I'm kind of hungry and like... I don't want it to get cold. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean... It's like that thing when you're in the bath and the doorbell goes. You're like, do I want them to bring that package back? Do I get up? Yes. I know. I know. I, I've just made ever... myself sound like such a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I'm in the bath, I just the middle of the bath, day, day when the things. Amazon people are I've toiling away. <laughs> I've had that happen to me, though. That's a very freelance experience because, you know, you just cleanse in the middle of the day when you yeah, feel they're not, like they're it. not delivering packages at like when pe- normal people are in the bath. <laughs> I call them my ideas baths. And I'm like, I think I need an ideas bath because yeah. I've run out of ideas for my script. So I will do that for two to three hours. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Rubina, we always ask, what would you say or do to the perpetrator? But in a way, your story is such a great, like, fuck you. I don't think you would have anything to add to it, but I still want to give you the platform. <laughs> and did anyone call the police or anything? No, they didn't. They didn't, not straight away. I guess it's good that they didn't because, you know, we solved the crime, so police not needed. Yeah. Um, I love the idea that they ran the police and said, something fucking rad has just happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I tell you, like, you probably don't get good news stories on 999. Yeah. You guys, I found a good recruit. Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've just saved you so much money. Yeah. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I wouldn't ask him. I mean, I wouldn't tell him anything, but I would want to ask him what's the weirdest thing you found in an old lady's handbag? Right. Because he's done this before That's a and he's into question. handbags. That's great. Uh, because there must be some crazy stuff in there. My mum keeps all weird sorts of stuff in her handbag. And then I started overthinking about the word handbag and why we have that phrase. Do people put their hands in their bags? They don't even do that. Why is it called a handbag? <laughs> yeah. I love the idea handbag. that you're, you're doing that though at a family party. As so you're saying like, why is it called a handbag? Do you time when me and uh oh did someone say handbag oh it reminds me of, uh... <laughs> do you give yourself a handbag every time it's your birthday so you can be like 
Oh, a handbag. Speaking <laughs> oh. of which. It's been in the pandemic because I'm like, you know, washing my hands, talking about handbags. <laughs> <laughs> handbags face space yeah (laughs) well and the other thing is like I can understand why you guys are so tight-knit and you're like we are legit a crime-fighting duo do you feel like is it was there a time when you were almost like you know looking for crime like almost seeking it out did you you, yeah get trigger happy afterwards (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone is looking for crime that is why we are addicted to Netflix shows because we are secretly all thinking we will be the heroes and the protagonists of the movies of our lives so we're all wanting to do it yeah of course definitely like sometimes I just help old people across the road because I'm like I need to be there for you you know I want to I want to be I want to be everywhere all the time Oh, well said. You know, I've got this like the best detective we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. I mean, don't fuck this up now because <laughs> yeah, no pressure. You so set well. your bar so high. Do you now. know what? I've got a, I've got a, a sort of like an idea. I'm going to pitch it. That if you solve a crime like that, or if like you're in a situation where you maybe should ring an ambulance, but you just deal with that shit yourself and like stitch it up yourself. Okay. <laughs> that you should get like a rebate, rebate on your tax. Oh, yes. you, like, oh yeah. Like, right, so so you get a saved. refund. Yeah. 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 <laughs> get a tax rebate on like, I'm, I'm not using this. At, okay. There's a fire. Put it out myself. That's like two grand. Surely. Wow. Yeah, I'm right. sure no one would abuse that system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so fail safe. This yeah, airtight. <laughs> There's been a real increase in fires <laughs> that, that no one has had to put out. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. Wow. God, you legit foiled a crime. I'm just, I'm in awe and I'm jealous and I want to meet your uncle. Like there's so much going on for me right now. So thank you so much for sharing that. That was a brilliant story. (laughs) It really, really, really is. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Great. There's no better way to segue into the section of the podcast where we deconstruct and indeed solve a true crime case. I'm going to start really, really vague just for fun, just for a bit of speculation. Our case involves a surgeon called James Barry. So without any details at all, what do you think the crime might be in this case? A surgeon. He stole organs? Okay, Ooh, like that's it. that's good. Like, a, like when you like steal people's organs and then sell them on the black market. Yeah. Did you have that in the UK? It was like email was very new and fresh. And it was this viral email that was going around saying like, be careful. There's a lot of people stealing kidneys for the black market and you'll wake up in a bath full of ice and your kidneys are gone and there'll be a note saying your kidneys are gone. Like, did you have that? I vaguely remember that. So many people believed it because like the internet was just so new and we're like, well, I have an email. So (laughs) I'm ready to be scared. Here we go. Totally brought that up. And it's so great how many people were like, I mean, that's why I sleep with my light on. Anyway. (laughs) Hannah George. I don't know. I mean, maybe is it, I don't know, just to throw it out there. Is it that he's teaching people to be a surgeon, but he's not, or he's not legitimately a surgeon, but he's doing some surgeoning, which would yeah. be, that would be a telltale sign if he called Ooh, surgeoning. Like practicing without a license. Mm, yeah. Surgeoning. Okay, so, so wait, <laughs> let's recap. He's called James Barry. Yeah, I bet you're going to go back over the two details. He's called James <laughs> Barry and he's, and he's a surgeon. surgeon. <laughs> and he's, and he's the cri- he's the criminal. Well, I haven't said that. I just asked, what was the crime? It's, oh. it's a total guessing game. It's just a bit of like, poof, poof, poof. 
what else do surgeons do that's like really bad? Like they kill people just accidentally yeah. or they practice without a license. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think thinking um, along those lines is always. I keep hearing thinking. about, I've not heard it, but it, 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 is it the Dr. Death podcast whereby there's a guy and he did some fucked up shit when he was like inside the body? Yes, something? Is that what he so did? In, oh, it's, it's very well done, but holy shit. Okay. Shagging so maybe, dead bodies? Okay. Ooh. We've heard that on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <I mean>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Katie, what, what do you say? And then I'll give you guys some real details. I think he forgot to sign liability insurance and he got sued in America. Oh, wouldn't that be a sexy crime to talk about <laughs> for an hour? Yeah. Didn't sign it. Okay. I was just trying to go for something that hadn't been covered. No, I know exactly. And it's where I just thought it would be fun to be like, just guess like what comes to your mind. Anyway, um, none of you are correct. So that's the great news. Oh, Ooh. wait, can I have one more guess? Yes, Katie. The one actually, I don't think it was the surgeons that did this, but do you remember in Kill Bill when she was in a coma and they were like renting out like coma patients for people yeah. to have sex with? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe it's that. So the but proprietor I, of that. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to <laughs> a dead label that brothel? behavior. Yeah, what would you call yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't no. have a soundbite for it. Nothing like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> James Barry was born in Cork in Ireland and not very much is known about his childhood, not even his exact date of birth. But there's been a lot of speculation about his early years. Um, we do know that he was born between 1789 and 1799. Mm-hmm. But they, it's likely that some of the documents with the later dates on them had been, and excuse the turn of phrase, doctored. <laughs> I've been she's, in the she's UK always on. so long. I like puns now. Okay. He was the second child of three children. His mother was an artist and a professor, and his father ran the Way House in Merchant's Key in Cork until losing his job. Uh, due to anti-Catholic sentiment. So this obviously rocks the family. Wait, he was Catholic? Yes. Well, he, he had the anti-Catholic sentiment. No, he, he was, Catholic. was Catholic and got okay. fired from like a financial position. Like it, it sounds like they're quite a well-to-do family. Oh, okay. And they took the good jobs away from the Catholics. They did. Um, okay. However, they still managed to educate Barry as a teenager. So question, what kind of student do you think he was? I want to say good student. He's a surgeon. On the, yeah, su- surgeon. Mm-hmm. Unless he's super young when his dad leaves. I feel like his dad losing his job is like a massive turning point. Mm. I, feel I like it's thinking. More, it's more interesting if he's not a good student, I guess. And then he becomes a surgeon. But he wouldn't be a good, if everything's going well, I feel like he's a good student. And then he's like, ah, the world is corrupt. Well, Katie sounds like somebody knows what a traumatic childhood is like. You're absolutely right. None of my uncles would have followed me down that street. None of them. (laughs) That'd be a really weird, like, test for a therapist to do. Like, do you think your uncle would follow you if there was a crime? <laughs> to help you in uh, your quest to solve okay. crime. Oh, I'm trying to think if my, I bet my uncle would. Like, I always remember when I was a kid, I was getting bullied by someone. And my uncle is like, he's not confrontational at all. He's such a lovely man. But he knew, like, for some reason, he knew the mum of the girl that was bullying me. And he just like, just sort of said to her, oh, that's not very nice. And then she stopped bullying me. And it was amazing that that's my uncle amazing. had managed to, 
uncles are great it turns out they don't get a good wow in terms of true crime because often someone goes and lives with an uncle and it's not good (laughs) very nice you guys have the best uncles i got a mixed bag (laughs) (laughs) let's move on we'll do a whole uncles episode sometime (laughs) probably could for the record my uncles are lovely if you're listening love you guys like hardly anyone because they're alive i can say what i like Also, as if my uncles are listening to this. There's so much wrong with that. Anyway, Katie, he was a brilliant student, intelligent, studious, focused. And his mother, along with some of her quote unquote liberal minded friends, I love that expression, (laughs) liberal minded friends, encouraged him to go to med school. In 1809, he travels with his mom to Edinburgh to do a solo show at the Fringe called Corked. <laughs> the, show, the show bombs, predictably, so he applies to medical school. Um, so applying to med school means he has to do an interview, like an in-person interview. And he was described as having a very short stature delicate features and smooth skin. And this almost prevents him from getting accepted into med school. Why do you think that would be? Wow. Because he was a seal. (laughs) (laughs) He's great for morale though. (laughs) Oh, that Edinburgh show wouldn't bomb though, would it? Amazing. We'd all go and see the seal, right? (laughs) I love the idea that like, I could have done my first Edinburgh. I think I did my first Edinburgh when I was 19. And the idea that if it went badly, which it did, I could have kind of gone, uh, I think I'll just pop to med school now. I know. <laughs> Not <Yeah. laughs> All right, fine. I'll rejoin the real world at a very high level. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we've talked about before, like you don't, Katie, you've, you're the one that has said this, like you don't want the doctor whose backup was med school. And you don't want to hear about that mm. when you're being seen by us. <laughs> and I've been seen by that doctor. Yeah, literally by that. And also I had a very nice first Edinburgh because Katie and I did it together. So, yeah, I was going to say, Helen, yeah. we're talking about that other show, right? Yeah. You know when you tell an anecdote about something that was horrible and you're like, that person's in the room. But it wasn't. Um, he right. looks young. That's my answer, is that he just looks too young. The smooth okay. skin, I think that people oh, can't no, take him seriously. He doesn't have enough authority. And he's small. Yeah. It's like a height oh, thing. He's short and he has really beautiful skin and he looks like a child is that yeah that's spot on yes exactly they thought he was trying to like doogie hauser his way into the situation (laughs) again would watch yeah right but his uncle who see there's an uncle in this story and he's a good guy so actually right here i totally forgot that (laughs) right now he was named after his uncle james barry and james had some friends in high places so he happens to know an earl who lives in Scotland. So this Earl just like comes out of the woodwork and vouches and he's like, no, come on. This this guy is old enough and he's a great student. So he gets accepted. He vouches. So he graduates, does great in med school. And then he goes uh, to learn how to be a surgeon in London. So absolutely qualified. What does he do after he qualifies? What happens next? Well, you just said he goes to London. He gets married. That's where he qualified as a surgeon. Ooh, that's but a, what does that's... he do next? He gets married. Yeah, he's a surgeon. Right? He's in London. He's like, this is what happens. If he was Asian, he'd be getting married. So that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's a there's a tick list. Got to get through it. <laughs> does he do a few years like just playing with Lego and then going to the park and stuff? And... He's still working on those acts. <laughs> Take some time out for him. Now he's got the degree. <laughs> I love the idea that Lego would be like a timeout for you. Like, I'm just having some me time. 
He's got the Harry Potter castle. It's not going to build himself. I don't know. I mean, it's it's whether or not he's ambitious, isn't it? Because if he's ambitious, then I feel like he might set up his own surgery and like stuff like that. But if there's a crime involved, potentially, I mean, is it something to do with like the first cosmetic surgery or something? Does he go into something Ooh. like that? Does he go into something a little bit unusual? Does he ironically try and make his face look wrinkled so that he <laughs> seriously? <laughs> yeah, ageing process, that's great. Oh, wow, wouldn't that be fun to watch? You just like Sharpay. Yeah. And so I feel like I could do that. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the Sharpay surgeon. Really good guesses. I love how your minds work. He actually, and I don't know how you would guess this, but he joins the army. Oh. And he achieves the title assistant surgeon to the forces. Wait, what year is this again now? Um, okay, so he he went to med school in 1809. I don't have it written down, but it's probably 1815. So is that any, the, any comments the, about 1815 you'd like no, to make? No, is it the Napoleonic Wars? It probably, no, they've just finished. Do it's you roughly. think I would know the answer to that? <laughs> I, oh, I love you. No, I have no idea. I don't okay. know what's going on war-wise, but I can tell you what I've actually researched. But if the army that. is worth joining, there's got to be a war. Well, there's yeah. always a fucking war, though, isn't there? Like, you know, I don't think at time the army has gone, there's not a single war in the world. So they're war. I know nothing about the Napoleonic Wars. And I can say that sentence with so many, like, just fill in the blank. I know nothing about. It could just be a meme <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, so here's, here's what happens. He's posted somewhere. And I'll give you a hint. It was a British colony at the time. And it's really sad that that doesn't narrow things down enough for you to <laughs> necessarily get it right. But. I'll give you that parameter. Uh, so a British colony in 1815. Yeah. Was Australia? Again, it's adorable that you think I might know what <laughs> you You only is. know the right answer. Okay. I only know the right answer to this. And I'm so proud that I'm about to sound so smart and knowledgeable because I wrote it down. <laughs> it's not Australia, but excellent, excellent guess. Somewhere in East Africa, like Kenya, Uganda. Oh, you're very, very close. Tanzania. Ooh. I'm just going to name no. countries in that. <laughs> yeah, just, just keep going. <laughs> I want you to keep going. Let's let's. We'll get a beat. Uh, so it is Africa. It is Africa. It is South Africa. Morocco. Oh, South Africa. South Africa. Ah. Cape Town. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I was about to say obviously the Dutch had colonized <laughs> South Africa. I mean, I didn't know that, but I didn't know the order of things <laughs> until I researched this. To be honest. So the Dutch had colonized South Africa long before the British and the British got in on it. And so they're there now. That's all you need to know. He gets introduced to a very high ranking officer called Lieutenant General Lord Charles Henry Somerset, who sounds like a real salt of the earth guy. (laughs) Just a working class everyday fella. Um, It's like the poshest name I've ever heard. And I've lived here for 17 years. What's his name again? Lieutenant General Lord Charles Henry Somerset. Okay. Wow. Fuck me. I don't want to ever hang out with that guy. I don't think you will because he's dead. (laughs) I'm just saying he's alive. I I would shun him. I know. So Barry winds up treating the general's daughter and basically cures her. And I tried to find out what she had. I have no idea. He just cures her. Maybe maybe she just needed a good scene too. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> What's your that- favorite sex position? The general's daughter. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, that, that still won't be the crime. This is my first Edinburgh show. I'm just bringing the material back. <laughs> this is when one of the alleged crimes oh. does occur. And Dr. B, Dr. Barry, is accused of something. What do you think? But is? he's cured her. Mm-hmm. But he's accused of something. Yes, he is. So is something gone wrong with the cure? Is it like a, cured her with opium or something? That's a really good guess. Oh my God, that's such a good guess. And then she would get addicted and oh, it's a great guess. Great guess. It's wrong. Wait, but we, so we don't know what she has. No, we don't know what she had. I, I think the main takeaway from, from that, well, I'll tell you in a minute. Just, just what do you think? What do you think he's accused of? Well, you've done a whole bit about sex, so it can't be that. <laughs> okay, so he cures oh, her no. and maybe he... Oh, yeah. He, te- he, whilst he's curing her, he's also f- stealing something from her Ooh. insides. He's stealing from something <gasps> from her insides whilst he's Harvesting. curing her. Harvesting. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You love organs. <laughs> Love this. Is he selling organs? Is he harvesting organs? Where are the organs? I don't think they did organ transplants until like the 1950s, I want to say. Oh, I think they tried them long before then. Oh, they probably tried them. Yeah, yeah. I don't the, know when the, the first successful one the, was. The but. golden age of medicine is between like 1940 and 1980. That's when all of the mm. stuff, or like loads of pills and vaccines and kidney dialysis was mm. invented. And coincidentally, it was also the best time to be a woman. So it's just so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, Hannah, what were you saying? I think in terms of going off piste, I like the idea that he's literally running an illegal poker game. You know, it's, okay. it's nothing to do with surgery. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all a mislead. Yeah. Something for oh, him. Like Something for him. It, honestly, it was like the, it was the silliest way to throw you off, but it is sexual in nature. <laughs> a witness claims Ooh. that he saw Lord Charles Henry Somerset, quote unquote, buggering Dr. <gasps> Barry. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. The word buggering, honestly. No. Yeah, this is, now we're in an olden timey days, which was obviously <laughs> illegal at the time. So it does lead to a court trial and an investigation. My question is, is he convicted? Is Dr. Barry convicted? No, because Lord What's-His-Face is super posh. Like, unless the witness is the king, he's not going down. Right. Okay. Oh, I was going to say that because he wasn't the one doing the buggering, because if you're being buggered and you're not the buggerer, ah. if I, I, any of those are words, uh, <laughs> then you wouldn't be convicted. Okay. Huh. Mm. Both good, like, trains of thought. Yeah, I was going to say something similar to Katie, that the guy would have to be like, Sir Lord Lieutenant. Like, he'd have to just be a little bit more... Um, and I, mean, it, I mean, I guess, sorry, Hannah, I didn't mean to interrupt. Female workplace. <laughs> but I was just going to say that like eyewitness testimony is pretty much the only thing that they had back then because they couldn't be like, oh, well, you know, there's the eyewitness, but we don't have, you know, we could have had CCTV. So they might, maybe that means they took eyewitnesses more seriously back in the day. Mm. And I've just had another thought too. If this mm-hmm. guy's really high up, are there people gunning for his job? And it's like one of the best ways to depose him is like accuse him of something that's down. illegal. Yeah, right, interesting. Down. I love this podcast. Listen, <laughs> let's pat ourselves on this. So much fun. <laughs> it's just so much fun. 
I, that was all just really, really good thinking. Um, you're, you're right. If you said that he was not convicted yes. and <laughs> Katie's in I it to win it. Both, but I mainly meant the one <laughs> that I was right about. <laughs> But you're right. He was so high ranking. The the other factor is they're in this microcosm right now. Like it's the colony, but it's, you know, there's no social media. So this can't spread as a scandal as fast as it would today. And he's yeah, he's got his back. He doesn't try to throw Dr. Barry under the bus or anything. So he's like, this is ludicrous. Of course, nothing like this ever happened. I don't even know who the witness was. So presumably not somebody who was high ranking. Um, although I love the idea that if you have one more name, like you're more powerful, like I've got a Smith after all that. Fuck you. <laughs> like it's like, honestly, it's like a caricature of how it still fucking works. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Drunk women solving crime. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Okay, so actually, what happens is that this is all a promotion for Dr. Barry after all of this happens. It doesn't harm him at all. He gets everyone's like, I like buggering. I'll hire that guy. <laughs> he maybe, maybe. He's given a lot more influence and power in Cape Town at this point. He's above the law too. Well, I mean, hold that thought if you want to. Just to set the scene. So like (laughs) I keep gesturing the colony like it's a dome. Have you noticed that? Like, so it's Cape Town colony. So it's like a dome, Mm -hmm. like the Simpsons movie, basically. (laughs) It was, it really was big enough to fit the mountain. Um, So it's basically occupied by British military personnel. There are slaves at this time. There are prisoners at this time. And there are lepers at this time. It's quite a party. Um, So my question is, does Dr. Barry use these, you know, increased responsibilities, influence, power for good or for evil? 
Oh, it's so hard. But I feel like the minute you said leper, it made me think of Jesus, which makes sense, I guess. That's my only real reference for leprosy is 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 Jesus. And so and does Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, come on. <laughs> I beg your pardon, I stand corrected. And Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. But does he is is he a guy that suddenly gets a God complex? And is that what this kind of is that he feels like he mm. can cure? That's that's I'm going with that. So I'm going with maybe he's using it for evil because he has a God complex in the sense that like people have never quite taken him seriously. Okay. And then suddenly he's like, I'm going to cure leprosy with a touch. Oh, he's drunk on power now. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Other thoughts? I think he probably was just feeling evil because he was, you know, he was on his way to evildom, I guess. So it feels like, right. And I guess I'm still on the organ train of thoughts. I'm like, lepers, lots of (laughs) organs there. (laughs) More organs than you need. He's going to, he's going to go and get them guys. Yeah. And, I am and the bargain basement of organs. You can yeah. get it for $2.99. One organs. For yeah. you, I'll give you two for one. And the thing is, he's in a place where quite a lot of evil stuff is happening. Yeah. And is, you know, <clears throat> normalized or whatever. Okay. So he's not going to have a great moral compass. Or is he? I would so love it if this story is. And this guy I mean, it depends if you're in a dark mood fix. or not, right? Yeah, colonialism, and he wanted to make everyone be better. Well, Katie kind of does. <gasps> oh wow! He well, good for he knows what it's like for everyone to be like, nah, you don't count. He he really shakes shit up for the better. Wow. He tackles sanitation problems. Barry, <gasps> um, yeah, and he yeah. improves the quality of life for the prisoners and for the slaves. He helps the mentally ill and improves their conditions. He creates a sanctuary for the people with leprosy. He does piss a lot of people off, though. He ruffles a lot of feathers. So who do you think he'd be pissing off? Is it the people like- whose organs he's stolen? <laughs> I'm with Ruby on this. This is happening. This is happening at some point. I don't care yeah. how good this it's guy is. It's all a front, right? <laughs> and now I'm combining, Rubina, your first story, your story with this. And I have a fork and like he's getting them out with a fork. Like I have this whole thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, he's pissing off the rich white people that don't want things to change. Shocking, but true. Yeah, he's pissing off higher ranking officers and local officials because he is described as super blunt, doesn't give a shit about like doesn't put on airs, isn't polite, just is like really straight talking. And if he wants to get something done, he'll get it done. And he doesn't really care if somebody's above him and be like, no, we're doing this. This is this is what we're going to do. So he's ruffling feathers, but he has enough people that have his back at the same time. Lord Charles. That either like, no, carry on. You're do- looks like you're doing great stuff. So Barry gets posted to various other locations over the years, and he does the same thing in every location. He's always leading the way with improvements for people's quality of life, sanitation, well-being. And he's a workaholic. He works all the time. Um, and he was one of the very first surgeons to successfully carry out a certain procedure. What do you think the procedure was? Well, I've gone on the record to say it can't be a kidney transplant. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first successful successful procedure. One of the very first, yes, yeah, successful. It could be some kind of organ transplant, I guess. When did they do the brain one? Were they like, not not the, not the a brain transplant, but like when they put the thing in the ear of the brain and with the screwdriver. Oh, yeah. 
Oh. We did a whole episode about the ice pick lobotomy, actually. Mm. But um, I guess yeah, you can't that's say that's a, a guess. successful procedure ever, right? No one ever claimed that mm. that worked. Yeah. Yeah, and the I idea of the first one they did being it's successful. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I've absolutely smashed it. Oh, well. oh God. Yeah. I mean, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel as though it's it's quite naive to say maybe he did the first amputation because I imagine shit had been amputated for years oh, yeah, in like the 1820s. But mm. is he the first person to have amputated something and that person then didn't bleed to death and die maybe mm. could it be like you know like a tracheotomy is that the mm. word when they do mm-hmm. in your like you can't breathe because of allergies or whatever and they have to stick a thing Arrow. in your neck so you can breathe yeah could, could it be that yeah he gets really... a biro <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh, what is that for? what movie is that from I saw it in Casualty Oh, you saw it in ca- Oh, so it's been done a few times. Because that definitely... That yeah, it's like a thing. Back. It's like a thing that people say that you should do. I mean, probably not if you're yeah. trained, but like if you knew what you were doing. It's like as well, like you know how in Pulp Fiction when she needs the adrenaline and they put it in her heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, um, like my niece is has a serious like nut allergy and she has EpiPens on her all the time. And she's like, it goes in my thigh. It goes in, my, not my heart. Oh. I know we've all seen Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's it goes so in my funny. thigh. Because everyone thinks that's what your men are do. And it's they like, do? they have to put in big letters on all of the EpiPens, thighs. Oh my God. Really true. Like, I have a friend with a similar like fatal nut allergy. And the first thing he said when we went for a meal, he was just like, it's the thigh. I know you've seen Pulp Fiction, but, and like, imagine <laughs> wow. having to tell people that because of a fucking movie, God, man. Tarantino this is has hilarious. a lot to answer for. Yeah. 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 On so many levels. I mean, <laughs> doesn't he just, do, did you guys see the sweat mark under my arm? I was hoping you clocked that. Not until oh, you wow. It out. Where is your nice. armpit? That's like, well, I moved, I moved okay. it to show you. <laughs> also, your thing is different. I was colors, born so with very, I was born with very front facing pit. Um, <laughs> looks like it's sweaty too because it's a different color to the rest oh of yeah top. no that oh god it's ombre <laughs> just sweating from the wrist <laughs> and you could have pretended that the armpit was part of the design oh my god it was it was hyper color huge here i'm just in nostalgia yes. mode no probably bad, not for these young guys but for me yes what a bad fucking idea it would change yeah, global hyper color t-shirts when it would change sweaty, color where color. you were hot so like picture it like your armpits would be purple but the shirt's green or like your tits are pink it was the worst idea Cross. I had a rainbow one it took me ages to convince my mom to buy it when I was nine no let's just have a moment of silence it sounds like a bad <laughs> idea it sounds like a bad and dangerous idea on so many yeah I mean that's what everyone eventually that's the conclusion they all came to and this then we is, don't have them anymore this is why it no longer <laughs> exists I might try to bring it back though just for fun because these new kids they love they like friends so like people like that. say they want the 90s but they don't want 1990 with the global <laughs> they don't, they don't want everything that comes with it damn it okay um I don't even remember what question I'm on pisses people off oh he performs one of the very first successful C-sections. Oh. Wow. Oh, what? Well, yeah. come on. Caesar, back in the olden times of ancient Rome, had a C-section because it's called Caesar. It had been done many times, but either the mother or the baby would die. Did Caesar's mother die? I assume so. Also, like, it's a kind of amputation. <laughs> so I guess yeah. so. Hannah gets the point. True. 
We are barbaric now. <laughs> that would be a horrible thing to call your kid if you're mad at them. You're just like an amputation. <laughs> horrible. That sounds like a Quentin Tarantino line, actually. It all comes full circle. Now. Wow, so he's one of the first people where nobody dies in a C-section. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Recorded. If the, yeah. if the internet is to be believed. Um, now, while he's, I always allow for, I could be wrong, but it's what I read, just like that email that said my kidneys would be removed and I'm in ice. I love the idea, sorry, to go back to that urban legend, but I love the idea that somebody would be brutal enough to like knock you out and take your kidneys, but they will put you on, on ice. So that, <laughs> like they'll, they'll travel yeah. with a bathtub full of ice to make sure you're okay. Oh boy. Okay. Now, they're sweethearts. He's posted in Corfu, Corfu, and he gets yet another promotion. Like, he's just smashing this. Wait, where is he when he does the C-section? Sorry. That is still in Cape Town. Okay. I believe. Don't quote me on that one. Um, he does. He's posted loads of places. There's lots happening. He lives a, a pretty long do we life. Know, do we know who the patients were? No. I mean, I don't. Maybe other people do. So he gets into a fight when he's in Corfu with a nurse. And I just wanted to ask, do you have any idea who the nurse was? Is she a famous nurse then? She's a pretty famous nurse. Are we in the mid-1800s now? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. When was Florence Nightingale around? Yeah, it was. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I could you feel that you all point. knew it, but you're afraid to say it. Florence motherfucking thing. That's cool. I'm glad she's point. made an appearance in this story. Yeah. yeah. Yes, apart from my mum, she's the only other nurse that I know. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Famous nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, she is one of many people from history who at some point in my brain, I mean, I, I, I know now, but there was a point where I was like, wait, she's a fictional character, right? Have you ever <laughs> done that with a historical character? Yeah, I do that a lot. Really revealing a lot about myself, guys. This feels great. Uh, Florence Nightingale said that James Berry was the most hardened creature she had ever met. So just hold on to that one. But before, before you go off Dr. Berry, I do want to let you know that he had a beloved dog called Psyche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What a name for a dog. He loved animals. He was a champion of human rights, so maybe fuck his bedside manner. I don't know. Um, I'm going to sum up the rest of his life really quickly by saying he never stopped working. He had to be forced out of the army because he was literally in his 70s getting like old and frail. And they're like, you need to stop. And he dies shortly after that, after he's pushed out. He dies of dysentery in 1865. Yeah. Wow. What country is he in then? The twist. Go on. When they examine his body after his death, a shocking discovery is made. What do you think that discovery might be? Well, his kidneys were in ice somewhere. His <laughs> kidneys were in ice and there was a post-it and it was the first post-it, Katie. So it was like two. Oh first. shit, I've worked it out, but I'm going to let you guys guess because I think, I, I think I've worked it out. And if this is true, this is fucking mental, but I'm just working. My, if you're a listener right now and you've worked it out, and you're thinking back through the things that Taylor has said. Have you guys got... So, okay, so the skin being, like... Smooth, baby. Smooth. He's into the babies. Buggery. It's a lady. It's a lady, right? It's got to oh. be. James Berry was biologically female. There you go! Wow! And there's... I'll tell you a bit more. 
there's another detail about his body which suggested that something else had happened. What could that detail be? He tried to perform a sex change on himself, maybe, and give himself a dick. That's a really good guess. Um, Has did he perhaps give himself a cesarean? Had he had a child? He had had a child. Wow. Whoa. Oh shit! Stretch marks from pregnancy, which would suggest going full term because you don't. Wow. I mean, I suppose when? you could have them. When would well, you have time? Well, <laughs> you can have Ex- it all. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Exactly. And so historians, people have combed over this case. Like, um, I'm so glad you hadn't heard of it. I hadn't either, but it turns out like there's been loads of like BBC specials and they've done films and they speculate that his younger sister was actually his daughter. Because when else in the timeline would that make sense? We don't. What? So before he left uni? Yeah. Who fucked her then? So I... I mean, I'm I'm messed with the details, but only a tiny bit. I didn't tell any lies. <laughs> anyway, James Barry was born Margaret Anne and lived as a girl throughout childhood. Now, when when I'm going to continue saying he, they're not here for me to ask their pronouns. I'll continue to say he because for 55 plus years lived as a man to get a place in medical school. His mother said, this is what we're going to do. And so that journey that he takes with his mother to Edinburgh is the last time that he lives as a woman, basically. Wow. Yeah. So there's obviously loads of questions. Um, And again, this case has been analyzed a lot. You know, was James actually a trans man? Was it more than just, you know, a means to an end? Because you're looking at somebody who lived 70 plus years in this body, if he did have a relationship uh, with Lord Charles, what was the understanding between them? You know, there's Mm. loads of questions, um, but it's such a fascinating case. It's thought that he was the one who doctored his own uh, birth certificates just as a way of diverting comparison, like so he couldn't be traced back to Margaret Anne. But the reason that we know that they were the same person is because he had this system where if anyone tried to write a letter to Margaret Anne, it would get forwarded to him and somebody like carelessly wrote a note on it like this is like there was basically evidence that he had hidden and for some reason kept that it was like this is James Barry. The other thing is that the demeanor that's described they don't match the stereotypes of what a woman would have been in, at that time and I think there's a question about is that just what he was like naturally or was it this like I'm going to compensate everyone's saying that I look effeminate and I've got to overcome this woman to be like the <laughs> Biggest I'm gonna be brash. I can. Yeah. But whilst doing all these amazing things. Anyway, I, I just think it's a really fascinating yeah. case. One really um quite a sad aspect of it is that James, I mean, he was always careful, obviously, not to change in front of others and like went to great lengths so that he wouldn't be discovered. But he had given explicit instructions that his body should never be inspected after that. <gasps> wow. Which obviously weren't. So, so do we know who or why it wasn't followed? We don't know. With the identity, it was a woman who inspected the body. And we don't know. Um, I don't even know if she knew that he right. had, it, Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, where was that written? Was she, was yeah. she there? That was probably just standard. Like, well, we'll examine the body. But she chose to report it, you know. So my final question is, how do you think people responded 
to the revelation, because obviously now word spreads really fast. And Katie, you said, where was he? I'm pretty sure back in the UK, but I need to double check that. I'm pretty sure he was back in the UK by that point. Oh, wait, so it's 1865? Yes. I think oh that's what God. you said. You knew the exact year? Because you said it. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God, Katie, you're like psychic. Oh no, <laughs> So psychic. What's that like? <laughs> I don't feel like people are like pro-trans rights at this point, <laughs> but but maybe they're just impressed with a good old like, hey, what a surprise. We love it. Okay. I mean, at this point, were women allowed to be doctors at all? I don't think so, right? I mean, they're nurses. Like Florence Nightingale would probably be Dr. Florence Nightingale mm. had she been around today. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. Pretty, like I th- the UK, I think, is worse than America. Um, when the first in, female doctor was allowed through the med school. Yeah, there's like, I've, I read this thing that I can't even remember now that some some woman whose name I can't remember because I'm part of the problem, who died in 1979, she discovered what the sun is made of, but some guy gets the credit, but then ever but anyway, whatever. She went to Cambridge and wasn't allowed a degree because she was a woman. And then she went to America and went to Harvard and they were like, yes, please. Then she did loads of stuff in America at Harvard and discovered all the, what the sun's made of. Wow. Um, we probably, we have really clever listeners that be like, it's this fucking woman. <laughs> idiot. Oh, I um, can never, I can never remember names and dates. And that's I why I'm like, when, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there were, so there were like, women practicing as doctors long before they should have been. But there's, there's a lot of cases where women uh, masqueraded as men mm-hmm. to become doctors. But this one's very interesting just because James lived as a man for so long and was so renowned. Like he really had a reputation by the end. It's like, whoa, this is the guy who's, you know, done all this work beyond just medicine. Hannah and Rubina, any other thoughts about how do you think people responded? I, I'm going positive, you guys. You're going positive. Like, woo! I'm like everyone's just so delighted and just really happy. Yeah, I'm with you. I think all the like nurses that were around came together and was like, this is our time. And then they like named a hospital after him or whatever her birth name was and just put two wings with one of each name. And yeah. everyone just celebrated the life of this wonderful person. Oh, yeah. two wings with one of each name. Oh my God. That would be so great. Good. And a kidney for a face. <laughs> Hannah? <laughs> well, I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like the people who were always against him in the sense that he kind of, you know, um, did a lot of stuff for societal change that pissed people off. I feel like they'll see it as a kind of like, well, I told you he was like, you know, a crackpot the whole time. Do you know what I mean? They will be the people who are like, this is crazy. When actually it's not, it's just, it's just exactly, well, it's either what he wanted to do or what he had to do in order to become this, this surgeon and actually Mm. to change the world because as a woman, it's so much harder to change the world, particularly in, um, well, in 1865 or whatever. you're not counted as a person. Right? Yeah, so I think the people that, hate, that, that, that hated him were maybe vindicated in their minds. that and they get to write history. Mm, yeah. For a bit. For but, still. But I think you're right. I think all the, like, I think the nurses and I think, yeah, I think it would be... <sighs> It's weird. I think 50-50, which is me wanting to win. Because he did, he did popular stuff, right? He helped people. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. Because now what we have to work out is, it's clearly popular. How much power did the establishment have over how popular he gets to be remembered as? I mean, that pretty much sums it up. 
I think you guys, yeah. Um, the people who were closest to him, there was a whole lot of, we knew it all along. And some of that, maybe we don't know if he, we don't know if he confided in people about it, but it, there were enough people doing that, that at least from what I've read, there was a bit of, because it, it went on so long and people unusual. hate being fooled. People hate to be fooled, quote unquote. So a lot of people are like, what, you didn't know? I knew. <laughs> Whatever. Ah. Yeah. But Katie, to your point about like the establishment and what did the higher ups think about it? The military sealed his files for 100 years. <gasps> oh, wow. To wow. cover all of this up because they were just okay. horrified. Wow. So it was a real mix of like, well, the people on the ground had their different reactions and all of that. But then they're like... Ironically, yeah. kind of what he wanted, right? Sorry, Ruby, no, talk to me. No, I mean, um, it's amazing. Like, God, he just went through, I mean, joining the army as well. You really, he just did everything that's like the most mask thing to do at that time. Like, just <laughs> as far and extreme as you could be in that male stereotype, just went for it. Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got, I, yeah, it, it just really, the whole thing really fascinated me. And there's so much, there's so much more in his life that, um, you know, details just of what happened in different places. And and I don't mean to paint a picture of like, he really was a god, because it sounds like he really was an asshole too. <laughs> but the he, sort he of greater like a good. Rude son of a bitch. He was a rude done. <laughs> yeah. And women get to be that too, as well as, yeah. Anyway. As um, long as everyone thinks they're a man, <laughs> women get to be rude. Oh, yeah, yeah. It brings up so much stuff, doesn't it? James Barry is buried in Kensal Green Cemetery, which I wish I had known when I lived there. I could have gone and visited. And his grade, his grave reads Dr. James Barry, Inspector General of Hospitals. So let's raise a glass to Dr. Barry. Cheers, Dr. Barry. Cheers. What a life. Drunk women solving crime. Okay, that brings us neatly into our listener crime. This was sent to us pretty recently, actually. Hello, tipsy ladies. Hello, you. <laughs> I recently was at work and after eating lunch, I wasn't able to refill my water and rinse my mouth out so I could put my retainer back in my mouth. This is a clear plastic tray that fits my teeth perfectly and prevents them from getting crooked again. I know I'm super cool. You are. I was in the retainer club. Me too. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Shout out to the retainer club. <laughs> Oh my god! I've been binge watching Pen Fifteen. Oh my I'm god! Obsessed. I love Pen Fifteen. It's oh, so good. so good! So good. So there's some retainer stuff in there. Anyway, <laughs> so good. Instead, I put my retainer in my pocket where it sat in the next hour until my shift ended, and I hung my sweater on my coat hook. Well, someone was obviously jealous of my straight teeth because when I went and checked my sweater pocket, my retainer was gone. <gasps> the staff who worked after me that day we will call him chad i'll tell you about my chad thing in a minute i've never met a good chad and i'm sure there are great chads so if you're chad and you're lovely i'm sorry but like chad is my we all have our like what never met chad a good michael one murray i well i don't know him oh he's like this really hot like actor american in all the teen rom-coms Excuse me, I never Google while we're recording. <laughs> Chad Kroger I, I, from Nickelback. I, I think we can all respect him. I've um, never met a real Chad in real life. I've only heard of them. Chad Michael who? Chad Michael Murray. Do you think anyone Murray. in the country Chad is called Chad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chad from Chad. 
American actor and former fashion model, Lucas Scott on the W. Oh, One Is he Tree cute? Hill. I've, yeah, One Tree Hill. That's it. Chad Michael Murray. Okay. See, I've never seen any of these <laughs> shows. I'll give him a chance. Look, I'm, it's a problem I have, but as soon as you said we'll call him Chad, I'm like, mm hmm. Sorry. Has a bad habit of going into, this is horrible, has a bad habit of going in my pocket without asking, using my pen and putting it back without asking or telling me, Chad, get your hands out of the fucking pocket, man. Mm. Yeah, get your own pen. Get your own pen. I have asked him not to do this and to just ask me first. I searched everywhere and asked Chad, who said he didn't go into my sweater pocket that day. My pen was not missing or moved from my pocket. However, Chad never takes out the garbage at the end of the shift. To the point that other staff have made complaints to myself. And there she puts in parentheses, the supervisor. So like you learn, she's the supervisor. <laughs> Don't let your employees put the fucking, take the power. Just cut his hand up. Yeah. Anyway. Don't give away your power. Don't give away your power. But mysteriously, Chad took out the garbage at the end of his shift, but the garbage was only half full and could have waited until the next morning. I think dumb Chad is responsible (laughs) and threw out my $200 retainer when he stumbled upon it, taking my pen again. But what do you lovely crime solvers think? Should I start stealing grapes out of his lunch, which his wife packs? Wink. Cheers. Gap to (laughs) Madison. (laughs) This is one of my favorite things ever. Sorry I broke that up so much. Did you follow all that? Yeah. Yeah, Does his wife cut the grapes in half so he doesn't poke on them? (laughs) Like I do for my tiny children. (laughs) You're never too old to be careful with grapes. (laughs) I'm paranoid, don't worry. Oh, you should have told me that before I drank this bottle of wine. (laughs) I've not been careful with grapes tonight. Hell, that's almost all gone. Anyway. (laughs) We've never had a missing retainer, so I got really excited. No, this I feel like we're in 30 Rock. It's amazing. (laughs) I can relate to her because I've actually had my retainer gone missing. And I'm this is a really creepy story, but I lost my retainer in my cousin's house I'm always staying in like big family houses all I do is hang out with big family troops I'm always from a tribe <laughs> and um uh, and then I, I lost it. I couldn't find it I was really upset and it was the third time I'd lost it so I was really upset so I called my mom she you know it was half time I was staying there without had her. you found it the other two times no lost completely lost but the third oh, time I had to get a new one each new time. one each time and they're quite expensive retainers yeah. so you have to go to your orthodontist and get the mold and everything anyway yeah. that night I fell asleep and had a dream that my retainer was in a certain part of the house, <gasps> woke up in the middle of the night, walked over there and found it. No Whoa. way! That's amazing. And oh my God, I okay. had to play the lottery the next day. Didn't win, but you know, really something was going on. <laughs> oh yeah. One day I might fight an owl dragon to death because that's a dream I've had and I'm hoping it comes <laughs> true. An owl dragon? Yeah, it was like part owl, part dragon, which is stupid which because dragons, well, dragons fly, right? So it's kind of like the owl part is... But it was like a, what do you call it? Like scaly owl. Anyway, oh. that's, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a nightmare. But the point is, that's amazing. Even though I know that you didn't win the lotto and stuff, but like between that and your, your crime story, like, I think you're an actual superhero. Like, I think there's some, <laughs> there's some stuff under there yeah, that you need to you magic. Yeah. <laughs> some stuff, some stuff. <laughs> So did you like, because I always thought retainers were quite an American thing. Like, and we had like literal train track braces. So did you well, have- Braces you have, are a different thing. And you can they? have a retainer without braces. I had a retainer after my braces Same. came off and it's to prevent your teeth from going back into place. Yeah. 
the way they were. I see. And I had a headgear. Like you could have gotten oh, HBO wow. off, my, off of my head. Yeah. I feel like Americans have good teeth and then it doesn't come to Britain as much. Like, and then if you're British, you kind of got lucky if you got good teeth. <laughs> it's it's that's the lottery <laughs> that's the real lottery <laughs> well there's the americans have good teeth stereotype but then like i always point out i'm like i had to work for these fuckers like i wasn't just bo- if i hadn't had all of that orthodontal work like i'd be- have a very different face <laughs> i remember my friend getting braces she was like the first one of us to get braces and we were like what's it like and i remember her saying that she she couldn't eat a twix and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck have you given up? I mean, she could, but it was just terrible. Yeah, it was just the caramel would get all in it. And she was like, I've been told I can't eat a Twix. And that was it for me. If I didn't, I mean, luckily my teeth are relatively straight, but if they weren't, that would be me not having braces. I was like, I fucking love a Twix. I'm not giving that up. I can literally remember the food, the no food oh, list. Like, oh, yeah. What was on it? And I think it was like manually typed. Like I can just see it. Mm. I couldn't have peanut butter, caramel, anything hard, no hard candy. And I, bro- I broke my braces all the time. I'd go and I'm like, I did it again. <laughs> Usually with like big, like big hard pretzels. Cause I just, I'm like, I can't, I can't stop. And my mom would be like, you know, what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> And they're so intense, aren't they? They just like the whole thing in your mouth. It looks like your mouth's in prison. It's just too much. Yeah, it's a prison for your mouth. It's not fair. I remember sometimes kids would have like elastic bands going from the top of their teeth to the bottom. What was that? That was to align your jaw. Because, you know, if your jaw was like one way or the other, it's just so cosmetic, isn't it? It's to keep the the top jaw and the bottom jaw. And also so you don't have an overbite to kind of help you do all that. Yeah, yeah. I had to do the bands and the big and the big thing was like choosing the color of the elastics that would go around and <laughs> so I remember make it fun for you. Yeah, to make it fun for you. Weird for everyone choosing... else though. Come on, they're like, why is your mouth orange? Because <laughs> it's so cool. Come on, guys. <laughs> I chose green once and then I went home and I'm like, oh no. Like I just looked like I'd eaten broccoli. It was t- <laughs> like just adding a nightmare to a nightmare time of your life. <laughs> Anyway, and when you'd get them tight and like, I remember I'd bite my own finger and it hurts so much that you can't even bite your own finger. Like, Uh, yeah. And my orthodontist was really weird. He'd put his whole, he'd put us in a head. I say us. It might've just been me. He'd put me me in a headlock. (gasps) Like he'd put his whole arm around my head. His, his arm. Why is that like a procedural thing? No, no. It was just like how he would say hello. (laughs) What? No. Yep. And one time, and we had to pick, we could pick magazines. And like, I went to him for years, like so much longer than I wish I had. So there was this like kids magazine called Ranger Rick. And he would always hand that to me. And I went in once and I'm like, I'm going to pick 17 this time. And I brought it into the room and he went, oh, that's a bit steep. And he pulled it out of my hand and gave me a Ranger Rick. (laughs) <laughs> wow um i know i haven't solved the crime but i feel like i've worked through some stuff you feel lighter right I feel lighter <laughs> i'm afraid i think chad absolutely did this oh, even if he didn't i don't 100% like percent chad. chad and if he's not guilty of this he's guilty of something he's guilty of something and i think he should grow those half cut grapes in his face and be like and what like why is he never taking out the trash and then suddenly taking it out when it's half full what is he hiding 
Like, seriously, let's go through that. I know we can't, but if we did go through that trash, maybe he's hiding something else. And it was a coincidence that that was the day your retainer went missing. But he is hiding something in that trash. Oh, yeah. Here's what I think you should do. How about you borrow $200 from him out of his pocket one day and say, like, (laughs) I'll pay you back sometime. (laughs) Yes. And then, like, maybe just like, oh, you could give him a pen. (laughs) <laughs> well thanks for writing that in it brought up so much didn't it yeah that was very triggering for everybody here <laughs> lots of stuff came out for me it's just I like feel- I might have a Twix later <laughs> yeah. and it's like I made my choice it was the right one don't know what you guys I'm just doing. I'm just angry with all the chant in my life I'm wondering why Dr. Panchura put me in a headlock that's really inappropriate he was very yeah. handsy like, very, very handsy. He touched us a lot. To say and hello. And by us, I mean me. Touched me a lot. It's okay. He's long dead. So we have just <laughs> enough time to ask. Rubina, what have you got going on? Tell us uh, where we can find you and what we should check out. So you should check out Brown Girls Do It Too, which is a podcast I do with Poppy J. And you can find us on BBC Sounds or all of your lovely podcasting apps. And we've just finished series two and we're just planning series three, which hopefully will be coming in autumn time. So there's lots to listen to. Awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. And we love it. We've been listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which one is your favourite episode? Well, that's a good question. We We did an episode called Daddy Issues. Um, I've started that one (laughs) and I feel like I've got quite a lot of pent up daddy issues that was just very much therapy for me Um, (laughs) and we have a really good guest on that episode which is this amazing Scottish influencer who's got who's got this incredible body and gets her tits out in all of her Instagram photos and her dad was an Indian stripper in the 70s (gasps) yeah living in the UK moved to Scotland made a lot of money with that kind of erotica exotica vibe awesome Wow. What's, what's the handle? Oh does, my God. does she post any pictures of him? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Alexis oh, that's is great. the guest, yeah. So it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I started it and then I had to pick up my kid from school and I was like, <laughs> whatever. Oh, God, anyway, I not being able to play this in the car. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Rubina, this has been such an absolute delight. Thank you so much for being with us. I just want to say thanks officially once again to Rubina Pavoni. Thank you for having me. It's so good. I love your podcast. It's so fun and it's been great. Thank you. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. 
ACAST.com.